Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are having an absolutely blessed day today. And I saw some good news on an article this morning, and it appears that the Florida School Board is starting to take note. (laughs) of how vigilant and how aggressive and how outspoken a lot of parents are getting. The Florida School Board Association now has voted unanimously yesterday to end its association with the National School Board Association, the NSBA. Now, the NSBA is essentially a branch off from the U.S. Department of Education. They get about $600 million per year in federal funding, and they pretty much have it as a slush fund. They can do whatever they want with it. And then the states actually have to pay dues to this National School Board Association so that they can represent them on more of a federal level. So it's essentially a coalition of the states coming together, paying money to this National School Board Association, and then the National School Board pretty much telling them what they need to do and how they need to do it in most cases, even though the state still has the right to change different policies on what they do. The National School Board Association was the same group that started pushing Common Core very, very heavily. They've also been one of the groups, partially, that has pushed the critical race theory. They are also the group that penned the letter to the Biden administration two months ago, stating that parents that do not agree with the school curriculums are deemed domestic terrorists and that the FBI needs to start putting all the parents on a terrorist watch list because they don't agree with Common Core and critical race theory. This is the National School Board Association. Florida has now opted out of the Florida School Board Association and will no longer be a member nor paying them any money. They blatantly said that the organization has decided to cut ties, was made in response to a persistent pattern of dysfunction within the organization and among its leaders. Florida DeSantis tweeted his support for the decision. He said, I'm glad the Florida School Board Association unanimously voted to leave the National School Board Association. I hope more school boards across the country will follow suit instead of supporting their partisan and dangerous policies. Now, now Georgia and Tennessee have now done that, the same thing, and they have followed Florida. 17 states now in the last two weeks have severed ties with the National School Board Association, essentially ever since they penned that letter telling the United States Justice Department that parents that asked questions essentially and came to school board meetings needed to be deemed domestic terrorists without any evidence of threats or violence whatsoever. Now, that being said, This means one thing. It means a lot of the parents have been doing their job, as we have seen now across the country, and they have got the attention of a lot of the school board members in states and counties. However, that does not mean we need to let off at all. A lot of these states are voting out of this because they're trying to appease the parents to basically make them calm down so they're not as militant about their children being taught critical race theory and homosexual and transgender perversion in the school system. So this is good, but it needs to go further. And the school board systems, a lot of which are still very, very corrupt in the states and are still pushing their communist agenda. But this, again, is showing us that at least – They are actually doing something to step out because I've told you guys that repeatedly. When they wrote that letter, the National School Board wrote that letter and blatantly said that the Justice Department needs to start investigating parents for for threats of violence. And there was no cases, no proof, no evidence, no video footage, nothing. 
And then, of course, the FBI and all their infinite stupidity, they just said, oh, we're going to put together a coalition of domestic terrorist groups together. We're going to start watching these parents. Remember the group that was basically out in Arizona we talked about where the president of the school board went ahead and his dad had a dossier on all the parents. Oh, yeah, remember we talked about all that a couple weeks ago. And they hired a private investigator to record all the driver's licenses so they could go in and basically put a dossier on every single parent that came in, including their medical records, their financial records, their marital status, their criminal records, everything. Yes, that was not on a national level. That was actually, I think, on a county level. So, again, it's so crucial you stay active, especially if your kids are still in the communist school system, you do everything you can to make sure those school boards know under no certain terms are we going to step back and idly by while they teach our children communism and all of their manners of perversion. So I want to bring that up this morning. And also, too, I saw today, remember I told you guys over the last couple of weeks ago that this stuff was going to start spreading in a lot of the, the, the real liberal states. When I say stuff, I mean the violence, the looting, the carjackings, the robberies. Well, there's an incident basically out in L.A. with a lady that got shot who I'm not, I don't know much about her. I know she's in the music industry, and I don't care for much of the music industry out there, so I'm not even really going to go into that. But it's law enforcement's already said you need to be prepared that this may start going in the suburbs. Well, Police in Chicago last night are now telling the north side higher-end residents in Chicago to stay vigilant after four carjackings occurred in three days. They said the carjackings in Chicago and Cook County area were basically are on their pace for their worst in two decades. They said the database for the Cook County Sheriff's Office said there was a 43% increase in carjackings in 2021 compared to last year, and over 115 occurred in the county's higher-end suburbs. They are now saying that you always need to be aware of your surroundings, make it a habit to enter your car, lock your doors, and immediately drive away. Locations including places where a driver might slow down, stop, residential driveways, Parking lots, garages, gas stations, ATMs, intersection with stoplights are all targets for carjackings. Golly, it sounds like if you're just not on the interstate doing 70 miles an hour, you're going to get carjacked in Chicago. Imagine that. This is not going to stop. As I told you before, a lot of these criminals are basically starting to get a little taste of victory, and they're getting overly courageous. Remember, Chicago has very, very strict gun laws, and the problem with it is after we saw the incident that happened with a couple in the massive gated house in the community, the massive house where they came out with this AR-15 and she came out with her little Ruger, whatever it was, and they basically were charged criminally with felony charges. Now they've eventually got those dropped and they had to surrender those weapons they had and they went back out and bought new ones. That, again, was kind of the same incident I talked about before that was so important to make sure that Rittenhouse was not basically found guilty when you start going in you start taking people that are standing on their property with weapons defending themselves against a mob of 100 200 people and now you charge them with felony charges you give a big giant red flashing billboard to all the looters robbers and burglars hey it's okay to do whatever you want. It's okay to burn down buildings and cause mayhem. It's okay to do home invasions and carjackings because, quite frankly, if the victim defends themselves, we're going to charge them criminally because, you know what, it's not your fault you're carjacking them. They should be more aware of their surroundings. 
That's literally the mindset that they have in a lot of these liberal cities. So again, I encourage you, if you're in some of these cities or states that are getting very liberal, be very, very cautious what you're doing and make sure you have the right to defend yourself. And if you don't, quite frankly, I encourage you to find another state to live in that actually respects your right to defense. What do you think, Deb? Well, I think you're absolutely right. And now I want to urge people and I want everybody to listen to me for one second because this is a really important legal issue which may differ for different states but you know a lot of these people now and a lot of these states have taken anything less than a thousand dollars is basically a misdemeanor so you can't come in if you see somebody stealing something that's less than a thousand dollars and use deadly force you can't do that unless they're threatening your life in other words, if somebody walks up to you and puts a pistol in your face and they want your wallet or your watch or whatever, you know, at that point, you can, in most cases, be, be careful with what state you're in. You can defend yourself and you can return force. But the problem we have now in all of these other states, Austin, is that these people can't defend their own properties if it's going to be less than a thousand dollars. They can't because they're all they're doing is defending themselves against misdemeanors. So if somebody comes in, and they decide to take something out of your yard. Let's say you have yard art or whatever. A lot of it's really tacky, but you have some really nice yard art. And they basically want to walk up and vandalize it or tear it down, and it's not worth a thousand dollars. At that point, you can't walk out to them with a gun and threaten them. In most states that have these weird laws now, without you potentially being charged, this couple in St. Louis didn't even do anything. They didn't even discharge their weapons. They had a group of about a hundred. How should I say? Black Lives Matter, you know, basically weirdos who want to go rob, kill, steal and destroy in the neighborhoods. And they went through and breached the security gate and walked into the neighborhood, marching around, bouncing around, acting like they were all that. Well, here's the problem. You know, these two said, you know, I don't think we're going to let you rob us today. And they walked out there with a gun and a pistol. Now, mind you. The wife did not maintain any type of muzzle control whatsoever. I gotta, I gotta say that about her. She was just mad and apparently the gun wasn't even operative. Apparently the husband had already fixed the gun so it wouldn't shoot because he was concerned about getting shot in the back of the head. Probably. I don't know. But the reality is, is that the wife didn't have any muzzle control. Always make sure you don't muzzle sweep anybody. Just hold the gun up to your chest. You know, make sure you don't point it at yourself and, and just stand there if you need to let people know that you're armed. If you do that in some states, it's legal. In some states, it may not be legal. Check with your local laws. I know Grady Judd has told us in our county, and he has done this on audio and videotape. He has said, this is our sheriff, if somebody breaks into your house, basically you shoot or to burn your home or whatever, I want you to blow them back out of your house with the guns that you have in your home. Because we're not going to put up with this nonsense in Polk County. Several years ago when all this Black Lives Matter nonsense was going on, and, and I'm not saying that black lives don't matter, but white lives matter and Hispanic lives matter and Chinese lives matter. Every life matters, except unless you're a liberal, then, of course, babies' lives don't matter because of abortion, but that we can't go there, can we? But the reality is, I remember, I was in downtown Lakeland, and this Black Lives Matter group had come out onto Highway 92, which is a major, major intersecting highway in South Florida, and basically stopped the traffic. I call up 911 and I said, what the heck, man? They said, well, Lakeland said this has already been under control and the crowd's already been dispersed. And I said, I don't think so after I sat there for 15 minutes trying to get to an intersection. Finally, I got through and I thought, this is crazy. I was in a you know, pickup truck. I was in my Silverado, my Chevy. And by the way, I also like Fords and I've also owned a Dodge and I kind of like Chevys because I kind of like what they look. But the reality is I got through the intersection and what ended up happening is, you know, I called 911. I said, what the heck are you guys doing? And I'll give Grady Judd credit again. He sent a whole team out there and started dropping tear gas in the middle of the road to disperse these whack bags. 
But how many sheriffs are going to do that? Most sheriffs just stand back. Look at this mess with Kyle Rittenhouse. Where was the police? Why wasn't the police defending that city? Why in the world did he have to come out with other men and other basically people trying to protect businesses with weapons? Why did that even happen? Where was law enforcement? Oh, that's right. Law enforcement can't act because law enforcement is scared to death because they're going to get sued. They don't want to have a big lawsuit. That's what it all boils down to, guys. It all boils down to these groups are going to come in and sue the city, get huge judgments against the city. So these cities are told to stand down. They're told to stand down and be politically corrected. Let these poor minorities who basically been basically destroyed underneath the republic and under free enterprise, which is a complete and total lie, let them have their fair share and take whatever they want because we don't want to get sued. Okay, well, then somebody goes out there to defend the businesses and the business owners who are trying to do what they need to do, trying to maintain a profit, trying to maintain their businesses, and they're put on trial for murder after they're attacked and guns are pointed at them. What the heck? But this is the liberal mindset that was brought to us by the Frankfurt School. It's the liberal mindset from the Frankfurt School that was a transgender group of people, basically a trans weirdo group of people, a Kabbalist group of people, who came in and infiltrated our school systems and infiltrated our school boards in the last 70, 80, 90 years. And this is the group now that has completely come in and usurped the authority of the local parents. And some of these parents are actually being arrested now because they've gone to these school boards and they've complained about curriculum. And they're being, they're being investigated by the FBI because Biden said he was going to do it, and now he's done it. But Biden's not doing anything. He's told what to do. That fool can't even read a teleprompter right. He can't even go through a whole paragraph without stuttering and getting lost in the middle of a paragraph. Oh, well, where was I? Oh, where am I today? Well, what am I talking about? I mean, what? Where? this guy is not in charge. And if anybody believes that, they're, they're smoking crack, I guess, in the back room. He's not in charge. The international bankers. The oligarchy of international corporations owned by the Rothschilds, the Sassoons, the Rockefellers, the Bloodline families, State Street, BlackRock, Vanguard. All these groups run the planet through the Council on Foreign Relations, through the United Nations. And we need to understand that. That's why we have all these continuity of government programs put into place now, including a lot of them signed by Donald Trump that I've posted on the website. And then we still have Donald Trump running around and screaming and making Breitbart head news. that I'm the one who developed the kill shot. Well, he didn't say that. I'm the one who developed the vaccine. Yeah, taking pride in what he has done, and in spite of the fact that probably up to 800,000 people, if the actual bears numbers were being reported properly, 800,000 are dead, and tens of millions have been damaged. I'm the one who did this. Take your shot. Take your kill shot. No. He's totally compromised. I had one of our listeners say yesterday that the main reason the Ghislaine Maxwell trial was being forecast and being pushed out was to discredit Trump because of Trump being brought into this thing now about him being really good friends with Ghislaine Maxwell and, and Jeffrey Epstein, which Donald Trump has tried to distance himself from. Who knows? All I know is this. Why would they throw Donald Trump out when he's done what they've wanted him to do, including red flag gun laws? including being completely compromised through Wilbur Ross in 1989, who basically bought him out of bankruptcy. But these school board meetings are super important. And tell your pastors, oh, gosh, tell your pastors you need them with you at the school board to stand against critical race theory and the transgender teachings of the Kabbalah and these Luciferians who practice out of the Zohar. Tell him we need to get down there and stand. Pastors used to go to abortion clinics and protest. 
Apparently, they don't want to do that anymore. They don't want people coming back to their churches and protesting out on the sidewalk carrying picket signs. Well, to me, if I had a church and they were protesting my church out on the sidewalk carrying picket signs, this person's anti-gay, this person's anti-transgender, this person's anti-critical race theory, this guy, this is anti-transgender. If they had that in my church, I would put a big sign out, this church is pro-Bible. This church believes in what the word of God says, and God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and we will stand with the word of God. That's what I would do if I was a preacher, but they don't want to do that. They're so afraid of not being politically correct and running off some of their, quote-unquote, compromised, how should I say, parishioners who basically believe in this. The other day I was speaking to a young man, very conservative, very conservative family, and I find out that he's engaged to a girl who's a really hardcore liberal. Hardcore liberal, pro-gay, pro the whole bit. And I said, wow. And I said, has she had the, the, the clot shot? He goes, well, yeah. And I said, did you ask her not to take it since you guys are engaged? Could it affect her fertility? He goes, yeah, I asked her not to. She did it anyhow, but her mother kind of runs the relationship. I guess another screaming harpy running the world. I don't know what this all means. But the thing about it is is that it's one of those things that if you're going to get married to somebody, you better think through what you're doing. And if you're a conservative, I asked the guy, I said, is she going to church? No, she's not going to church. Uh, well, where does she live? She lives up in Ocala. She's going to school up there. And I see her a couple times a month, but she doesn't go to church. And I'm like, and he goes, but she's going to change. Listen to me. He says, she's going to change as soon as we get married. And I just started laughing. <laughs> I just started laughing. I said, no, she's not. No, she's not. She's not going to change. She's going to try to change you. She's not going to want you to go to church. She's not going to, she's going to want you to take the clock shot. She's going to, oh no, she wouldn't do that. I said, Yes, you will. And guys, listen to me. I've been around for a long, long time. Marry somebody and date people only who have your values. Don't go out on this. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to meddle for a second. If you meet somebody and they don't share your values and they don't believe the way you believe, at least on the fundamental stuff as far as being a Christian, doesn't the Bible say, be not unequally yoked? Doesn't it say that? In other words, it says don't marry the unbeliever. If they're not at least a believer, if they're not wanting to go to church at least on a regular, somewhat semi-regular basis, if they're not wanting to sit with you and pray a little bit every once in a while, and if they don't want to basically – if they want to raise their children from a godly standpoint, or just ask questions like that. Go up to the person if you like them and you've talked to them and you've met them or whatever. And just start asking them questions. Being a boy or a girl doesn't make any difference. Guys ask the girls. Girls ask the guys. And find somebody that's got similar values to you. People are always asking me, how in the world have you and Sharon been married for 38 years? I mean, how have you had almost a 40-year marriage? My response is this. We pray together every day. That's my response. We pray together out loud every day. Every day we pray together. Because it's important that we do that to maintain that continuity through the Holy Spirit, through Christ, and through God. It's really important. Plus, when we chose one another to get married, we had the same values. We were both raised in a Lutheran church. We both basically recommitted our lives, accepted Christ when we were in our 20s. We both basically wanted to raise children in a godly format. We both wanted to eat clean. We both wanted to eat healthy. On and on and on it goes. You say, well, that, that's a lot of stuff to pray for. Well, pray for it. Pray for exactly what you want based upon the word of God. That's what I did. That's what Sharon did. And then we ended up together. Guys, listen to me. You know, you can date somebody who's diametrically opposed to your values. You can even marry them. I've seen it. <laughs> Heck, I've done it. You know, it doesn't work well. You know, I've been married before. I told you it doesn't work well. And you don't change people. You can't. The fundamental values have to be there. That's why I say it's so important when a child is young and they're in that 
brainwave state, that theta brainwave state, that they have no filter and they believe every single thing you tell them as truth because they can't filter it out. If you raise them to be a transgender, if you raise them to be a gay, if you raise them or whatever, and you push this ideology on them all the time, all the time, they think it's true. And when you get old, it's very difficult without a direct <laughs> intervention by the Holy Spirit, to be honest with you, and you being coachable enough to listen to the Holy Spirit to change those fundamental values, to create a paradigm shift in your mind, which is going to be strong enough to allow you to come to Christ. It really is. That's why the people over the age of 20, 25, 30, very rarely ever accept Jesus. It's always the younger population that carries Christianity forward. Here's the problem with that. A lot of families now, because of Donald Trump, stop taking their families to church. They stop going to church. So now the young children aren't being taught in the ways of the, of the Lord. I've got a friend of mine. Not going to mention what city he lives in. He's got four children. And he thinks all of them are Christians. But when you get online and you look at what they're doing, none of them are Christians. As far as the ones that are on social media, when you talk to them about Christ, they really don't know what you're talking about. But they don't go to church whatsoever. Very rarely do they ever go to church. But their wife, their, his wife is very godly. But she's trying to do everything on her own without being part of a body of believers. You've got to be with a group of people. That's why so many of you say to us, we listen to your show every day. You're a better preacher than our preacher is. You talk more about Christ than our preacher talks about Christ. You tell us how to live better than our preacher tells us how to live. Thank you. I, and I, I'm humbled by that because I try to be led by the Holy Spirit. If anything comes from me, it's coming through the grace of God Almighty and Jesus Christ. And I accept no, no responsibility for what he's taught me or what I'm telling you. I try to be led by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And I'm humbled by what you say. But the reality is, why is it that I'm doing that or Austin's doing that? Your preachers aren't doing that. And, you know, I have to say it this way, too. Why are your husbands not doing that, too? Your husbands need to be doing that. And mothers, you need to be doing that. We all need to be promoting Jesus Christ as our Lord all the time. If you meet somebody, like yesterday, I met a girl at the tag agency. I'm stuck at the tag agency forever yesterday, about two hours trying to get tags because the line was so long. And I, this girl had a beautiful cross on, you know, with, it was a crucifix. And I asked her, I said, are you Catholic? I said, I love that crucifix. And we started talking. And pretty soon we're talking about her in high school. We're talking about things. And I told her, I said, I'm a Christian too. She, she told me she's a Christian. And she's, she's still, I think she's like 19, 20 years old. She was really, really nice. And I did everything I could to try to make her feel important. Because we're part of the body of believers, aren't we? Don't we all love Jesus? Are we all part of this? Let's support one another. That's why when you guys support health masters and you get your, vitamins or your toothpaste or your deodorant from us, it pays the bills. It pays the bills that are in. And I want to thank you so much for doing that because I pray for you guys every single day because I'm part of your family, I think. I know, I know you're part of my family. At least that's the way I want it to be because, guys, if we all work together, we can make a change. And this thing with the school board stuff, like in Florida and everywhere else where we're starting to see these guys saying no to the National Education Association and what they're doing, they're pushing this transgender stuff. A University of Pennsylvania swimmer, Ivy League school, 22 years old, who used to compete as a man, has smashed two U.S. women's records in one weekend competition and finishes one race 38 seconds ahead of its nearest rival. His name now is Leah Thomas, 22. He smashed two U.S. swimming records, records at Akron, Ohio. Thomas won the 1650 freestyle at a record time of 1559, beating her closest Rival, an actual woman, by 38 seconds. It left rivals floundering in a 500 freestyle, beating them by 14 seconds. 
Last month, it competed in a women's swimming event between Princeton and Cornell and has regularly broken records as part of the United University of Pennsylvania's team. It previously competed for the school's men's team for three years before joining the women's team. Her Its last men's competition was in November 2019. Since some um, have voiced their anger at her swimming success, claiming it to be unfair, and many have refused to refer to her as a woman, same as me, the NCAA rules dictate that any trans female athlete can take part Listen to this in the women's events if they have completed a year of testosterone suppression treatment. But they don't talk about the ligaments or the muscles or all the muscles that the testosterone build. That's what here's the thing. You see these old bodybuilders, you know, if they've worked out at all, they're off steroids, they're off testosterone, they're off everything. A lot of them are still pretty big. They're pretty good sized guys. That's because of all the testosterone they had in them and sometimes even without testosterone supplementation and these guys basically have stronger ligaments stronger tendon strength more muscle density and they're just faster athletes they really are and they say well it's not true all the time okay stop it 99.99 percent of the time it's true and we need to understand that we can't tell a guy he's a girl and go compete against girls it destroys women athletics it really does What's the point of a girl who weighs 120 pounds competing against a guy who weighs 170 pounds who's been all muscled up his whole life in a swimming event? It's not possible. It doesn't work. And we're seeing that now as more and more of these schools become compromises. This transgender agenda, this worshiping of the snake god agenda is permeating our very culture and our very school system. Guys, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ Go to the school board meetings. Drag your pastor with you. If your pastor won't go to the school board, how about you change churches? How about, pastor, if you don't go down there and voice your opinion on this, we're not coming here anymore because you're not part of the solution. You're part of the problem. Tell him that. See what he says. Awesome. What do you think? Oh, you're, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, it is the responsibility, and it's very sad to see. This continue to happen all across the country, and a lot of them is because this political correctness has run amok, even in the school systems, even in the churches, everywhere now, to where everybody's so terrified to say anything about anything lest somebody's feelings get hurt. And as I've said before, it's always important to make everybody feel important, and you want to try to be respectful all the time. But if you're dealing with somebody that starts screaming and yelling at you and telling you why you need to be tolerant of them as they're a grown man in a dress and how you need to have your son call them ma'am, there's no longer tolerance and there's no longer trying to make them feel important nor showing them respect. Because I've had this comment from people before and they go, well, it doesn't matter. If you're a Christian, you need to just be nice to everybody no matter what they do. You need to constantly be nice to them. Contrary to that, if somebody is going against the word of God, if somebody is going against biblical and moral values, it is no longer your responsibility to sit there and try to make them feel better about their perverted fantasy. There's a reason why. That's right. There's a reason why. Jesus Christ got so irate and literally whipped the men and flipped the tables out in the temple because they perverted the scale system that was in there. On the scale system, you had scales with weights, with coinage, and they had actually manipulated. That's why he called unjust scales. They were manipulating the money. Imagine that. They're manipulating the money all the way back all the way then. <laughs> they're always manipulating the money. It's what these clowns do. But he found it so egregious, so insulting to the body of Christ and to the temple, they said, dude, it's not okay. I'm not going to sit here and walk up to you and be nice to you and say, you know what, guys, 
I know you're ripping everybody off. I know you guys got unjust scales. It's kind of it's kind of offensive to me, but I, I don't want to make you upset. I don't want to make you upset. I just I want to kind of ask you guys: Could you could you please stop doing this? It it, it kind of hurts my feelings. And they would have looked at him. They would started laughing. They said, "Dude, get out of here! Shut up!" He said, "No, no, no! Contraire! This is not acceptable behavior in the house of God." Flipped the tables, dumped the money, let the animals out, made a whip, and started beating them out of the temple. There's a certain point in time where being civil and being respectful is no longer able to be done. When you start having people address your children, and perverts address your children, and pedophiles address your children, and try to take them to pedophile transgender story hour in a library, that is no longer acceptable behavior. And the fact that I've seen so many parents capitulate with this perversion and go along with it is just embarrassing to me. And a lot of them do it to try to basically virtue signal. I've seen this a lot, where they kind of go, I, I'm not transphobic. I take my five-year-old to transgender story hour. I'm not racist. I take my child to Black Lives Matter you know, riots. I'm not any of those things, when in reality, deep down inside, they don't necessarily have a conviction about that. They probably don't even believe a lot of the stuff. They just want to make themselves feel better by getting other people to basically accept them and approve of what they're doing so they virtue signal and try to get everybody else to do the same by trying to scream and yell and manipulate their way into everybody following them. Guys, if you have a strong conviction, and when I say conviction, I mean a deep, wholehearted conviction about something. I don't mean you've got an idea, you've got a concept, you have an, a thought of something. I mean it's something that you know to believe in your heart 100% it is truth, like the Word of God, like Jesus Christ died for your sins. If you have that conviction, you hold that conviction. You don't tolerate other people, basically their beliefs coming at you and saying different things against that conviction. You argue for that conviction. You stand up for that conviction. If you believe the United States Constitution is essentially the the, the law of the land for the you know the, the human aspect of the United States, you believe the Bill of Rights was there not as a gift from the government, but as inalienable rights that we have been given by our Creator. Then you hold true to those convictions. You don't say, you know what, I the Second Amendment is kind of like, eh. I don't really need it. I don't have to make guns. I'm just, you know, I don't really need it. I'm just going to, if they really want to tell me I can't have a 30 round magazine or I can't have an AR 15, you know, I don't want the conflict. Absolutely not. If it reaches a level where they start telling you you are no longer allowed to own a firearm or no longer allowed to own standard capacity magazines, they are coming to shoot you in the face next. The only reason any group wants to disarm another group is because they don't want to get shot for what they're about to do to that next group. Point taken Northern Australia right now. Full disarmament program in the mid-90s. Now they're taking teenagers from their home at gunpoint and extracting them to quarantine camps, even with non-COVID symptoms, even with negative covid test they are forcing them there against their will and when they escape what do they do they send the guys with the machine guns to put up roadblocks so they can take the teenagers and drag them back to the quarantine camps and charge them with felony charges and five thousand dollar fines for leaving the quarantine camp without permission 
That's what happens when you can't defend yourself. That is why they're so absolutely bent, and they have been for decades on decades on decades, and removing the ability for Americans to be able to defend themselves. That's why it's very important. If you want to preserve freedom in the Constitution, you've got to make sure your state upholds your laws and your rights. As Dad said, a lot of states now, you, you can't really do much of anything. If it's a misdemeanor for them to come in your yard, which quite frankly, if somebody walks in your yard and say takes a lawn ornament like that and they walk off with it, does that justify lethal force pretty much in any state? No, it's not. You can't start walking around and start shooting at people because they pulled a sign out of your yard. It just, it's not going to go well for you in court. I don't care what state you're in. If you feel, though, that somebody is trying to do you great bodily harm and you've told them to get off your property and they start brandishing a weapon or they start trying to take the weapon away from you in the state of Florida, there's no question about it at that point, especially when you're on your property. But again, be very careful on your state laws and what you know you can do. Perfect example of what happens when you start indoctrinating people into thinking they need to bring people from other countries that don't really function well here is Minneapolis. It's the perfect example. If you guys saw this video, it's grossly disturbing. Remember, Minneapolis has been pretty much the number one destination for Somalian Refugees, and I say refugees very sarcastically. Somalia has been basically sending people there, including a lot of terrorists, to Minneapolis, and the federal government has been relocating people there from Somalia. There's a video now of apparently 12 teenage boys that are all Somalian in ski mask, and there was a altercation with a mom apparently earlier that day. So the Somalian, 12 of them, they break into the the bottom of the apartment, they get in the elevator and they go up to the room that the mom and daughter are at. I don't know how they got the address for it. I guess it's not that hard. And uh, they knocked on the door and they basically kicked the front door and battered it in. Twelve of them on video recorded themselves doing it, come in the house. They beat the mom unconscious. They taser the daughter with a stun baton stick and they beat both of them till they're almost dead. And they record the entire thing, apparently over a conflict outside earlier that day. This is what happens when you take uncivilized people and you put them in a civilized country. When you take people that do not have any Christian values, any biblical values, where the majority of Somalia is pretty much all Muslim. There's not really any huge Christian spectrum in Somalia. When you try to integrate those two individuals, it doesn't work out very well. It never has. This is what happened with basically the first crusade. Now, I'm not saying all the stuff that happened with the crusade was okay. So there's a lot of weird stuff that happened as they continue to go on. But when you start taking individuals that have no basis in morals and ethics and Christian behavior and you start settling them in with people that do have morals and ethics and Christian behavior, and you start telling them they need to interact and they need to be nice and they need to be civil, well, you got to remember, most of the stuff you've seen in Somalia, they just get in an argument. They chop each other up with machetes or they chop each other down with AK-47s. You can see some of that behavior in the film uh, Lord of War. You can watch it edited if you want to. It's got a lot, a lot of violence in it and a lot of profanity in it, but it goes into detail, the true story about gun runners that were running machine guns over to Africa to fund more wars and more conflicts at behest of the U.S. government. And so this is what happens on a regular basis when you start intertwining these two groups. That's why, again, it's very important you have the ability to defend yourself. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting as well. The Alexander Haugner Group has now been told by the FDA that they have to recall over 230 pounds of pork products. 
Now, again, there's a lot of recalls on a regular basis, and I am no fanfare to pork. Don't care about pork. And these were already processed luncheon meats, essentially, pepperoni and ham. And they have now recalled 234,000 pounds of 17 different processed luncheon meats. And I was trying to figure out what was going on. And they said that the FDA said there was a possible exposure to listeria in one of the batches. So far, no illnesses have been reported, and they have not found any batches that have had listeria in them. On the statement, they said there's no conclusive evidence that the products were contaminated at any time during shipment or before, but the voluntary recall is being initiated out of the abundance of caution. Now, again, I am no fan of pork. But what I am saying is, if you guys have noticed, and I've reported on this repeatedly this year, there have been an abnormal amount of food recalls this year, and a lot of them for no legitimate reason other than, well, one batch at one point could have been exposed to this, but we still didn't find any evidence. So, you know, recall quarter of a million pounds of this food and send it out and basically toss it all. Now, the one thing that I'm bringing this up for, you guys already know where I'm going with this, there's one batch that may have been contaminated at some point, but they haven't found, and there's been no batches that have tested for listeria, but we're going to recall quarter of a million pounds. <laughs> we have an injection that now has over, what, 14,000, 15,000 deaths in the United States with hundreds of thousands of severe adverse events in less than a year, and we're now telling everybody you have to get this experimental injection or you're going to be terminated. Does anybody else see the conflict here? Does anybody else pick up on how asinine this has become with this injection? The good thing about it is I think more and more people are really, really starting to wake up as more more topics that I find out now are starting to show that people are not wanting to get even the booster shot. Now, it's interesting. I saw this on the article from Bill Sardi from Lou Rockwell, and it says, Call to suspend the COVID vaccination upon discovery of spike protein in the nucleus of living cells. And it goes on to say here, the spike protein produced by injected RNA vaccines have been found in the nucleus of living cells and can weaken the human immune system. That's what we've talked about now. Now they're talking about how essentially, this is interesting on this article, that resveratrol, we've talked about this in detail, this is the red wine molecule that is unbelievably strong antioxidant formula, okay? If you want to try to get high doses of resveratrol, it's very difficult to get at drinking wine because you've got to drink like a giant bottle of wine. And by that time, the alcohol effects kind of negate the resveratrol effects. When we produce our resveratrol formula, it's the equivalent of drinking like two or three bottles of wine without any side effects and without any alcohol consumption, without any exposure to that. You're getting the pure resveratrol form. And so it looks like now they're starting to show that the enzyme facilitates the entry of the spike protein. It helps reverse it. And so what's going on here now is they're showing now that that resveratrol may very well help to reduce a lot of the negative effects of the spike protein that's being injected into individuals with this RNA gene therapy. Now, again, this is very, very early research now. This is something that we're basically trying to look at, and they're figuring out if this could be possible. But it makes sense because of the antioxidant properties. This is why I told you before, if you have happened to be injected with this and you made that mistake, and you know now that it's a mistake – be very, very cautious to make sure you are taking very high-quality cardiac supplements. This is my opinion. It's what everybody's been asking me about. It's what I've said. The vitamin E, the magnesium brain food, the CoQ10 ubiquinol, those are all incredibly good for the cardiovascular system and for the heart. 
and for blood viscosity. Resveratrol now, I'm going to go ahead and add that one on top in the kit that we're throwing together. The resveratrol is very, very good antioxidant. So it makes no, no question to me whatsoever that they are now saying, because resveratrol is also very, very heart healthy. So again, this is some of the research that everybody's starting to find out. Now, you know, it's funny. If they would have done proper clinical trials, and they would have done trials for the last two or three years like they're supposed to do with brand new drugs, i.e. RNA gene therapy technology. It is not a vaccine. It is gene therapy. If they would have done proper gene therapy testing for years on clinical trials, we would have already seen it was causing cardiac events, and we would have started to see how to go against those things and help the people that are having adverse side effects. This is the problem when you allow the pharmaceutical industrial complex to control the FDA, and they get anything they want. They start shoving things through in two months of clinical trials that were so botched, so convoluted, and remember – The reason why they did it is they're showing now that the vast majority of side effects are starting to occur around 90 days of getting the injection, sometimes earlier, sometimes later. This is why they kept the clinical trial so short on the RNA gene therapy. And there's also other accusations about that. Again, accusations that they were using very, very low dose of the RNA gene therapy in the injections in the clinical trials and that they had not increased it until they started actual full production to roll out to the United States and to Europe. That makes sense on why we're seeing such horrific side effects in certain pockets. Because remember, when we talked about that, that whistleblower story, that article that came out, we discussed how certain batches had almost a hundred percent adverse event rate, and there were only a couple batches from Pfizer that all of the deaths were associated with across the country. Doug and I talked about it in detail. I don't have the batch numbers with me. He had them. He talked about it on the show. We talked about it about a month ago. There's a reason why this is happening. In my opinion, what you would do in an experiment like this, we talked about. You've got the control group. You basically have the placebo group, and then you also have the group that basically gets a different formula to kind of see what will change if you change it up. This is what we've seen now. There's three different types of batches that are going out with these shots. This is why it's so important to do your research before you start letting people inject you with hypodermic needles and they tell you it's safe, shut up, roll up your sleeve, get the shot, peasant, and don't ask questions. Because why? Well, because science. It's science, guys. You can't, you can't question science. Well, isn't this experimental RNA? Well, yeah, 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 but it doesn't matter. It's science. You can't question science, bro. Get the shot and be quiet. This is how they got so many people to go along with the lie. This is why they tried to hyperspeed the shots, and this is why they've been pushing so hard now for the companies to mandate it. We are blessed now that we've got this held up in the Fifth Circuit Court now with OSHA, and they are basically you know, holding this back until the Sixth Circuit Court rules on it. And we're praying and pushing and putting out emails and all types of contacts we can right now, the best we possibly can, to make sure the Sixth Circuit Court really is unbiased and does some research on this. And if they are, they will see very, very clearly that this is not anything that should ever be put down as a mandate, much less any shot, quite frankly. There's no legitimate purpose, no constitutional reason, no legal aspect that you can tell somebody they have to be injected with something against their will in order to function in society. Bad, bad precedent that we've now allowed to creep in a society and make everybody think this is acceptable when it is not, Deb. What do you think? It's not acceptable. It's not acceptable at all. You can't be taking experimental vaccines and giving them to people without proper testing. It's not It's not okay. There were natural alternatives, vitamin D3, ivermectin, 
hydroxychloroquine. There were all kinds of natural other protocols, intravenous vitamin C, that were effective at the treating of COVID. But they didn't let any of those come forward because if they had come forward, they would not have been allowed to have an emergency use authorization. This is insanity. And now we have this going down to the shot schedule in young children. Young children, birth at birth, they're planning on giving them this shot. What's that going to do to their testicles and their ovaries? My gosh, are you kidding me? That's right about the same as injecting a mother who's pregnant when you give it to a brand new child. This is insanity. But that's what they want because that way they can get it on the shot schedule and then becomes completely exempt from lawsuits because it's part of the thing that Reagan did back in the 80s as far as preventing them from having any type of liability exposure. It goes back to what I talked about a few minutes ago. The main reason that these people aren't saying anything in these big churches or organizations is they don't want the liability exposure being sued by transgenders or gays or whatever. They don't want any of that. So they just don't say anything. They go along to get along. That's all they do. And that's what they've done. That's what the Kabbalists have learned to do through the conditioning process taught to them by Edward Bernays and Freud (laughs) and Goebbels and all the rest of these massive propagandists who have worked to basically manipulate groupthink globally. That's who they are. That's why when you start bringing up stuff about Ghislaine Maxwell, about being Mossad, everybody goes, oh, no, she can't be Mossad. It, Jeffrey Epstein can't be Mossad. That's because that means they work for Israel. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it means. Let me give you a couple instances here. This is uh, – I just pulled this up out of the media today. This is from The Sun. She knew everybody. Ghislaine Maxwell bragged about being friends with Prince bragged about being friends with Prince Andrew and Trump in front of Epstein victims trial was told. Here's another one. you like this one. Ghislaine Maxwell was Mossad. This is a really interesting one. She was a master spy. Let me give some information on this. <laughs> this, is, this says that Maxwell comes from a highly connected, super rich family with global connections at the highest levels and the social strata. Like her father, Maxwell was and is a Mossad agent. She hasn't been seen in public before she was arrested and put in jail for quite a long time after Epstein's arrest. Doesn't it strike anybody as odd considering that we live in an age of mass surveillance with security camera everywhere, but nobody seems to know where she was? This is written before she was arrested. Epstein trafficking ring was a blackmail operation sanctioned by the Israeli government and done with the full blessing of the U.S. government. Rothman was backing him with money. Remember, Jeffrey Epstein was not a billionaire. That is not who he was. It was an entire facade. That's all it was. Here's another one from the Daily Mail. This is a, this is a great one. Ghislaine Maxwell is a master manipulator, says woman who accused Epstein of sexually assaulting her when she was 22 years old. She said that Ghislaine and Maxwell approached her about a job, and then they were flown back and forth to the island. Here's another one. It's just the guys, it never ends. Here's another one. Jeffrey Epstein book says that he and Ghislaine Maxwell, this is from the Daily Mail, were Mossad spies who filmed U.S. politicians and power players having sex with underage girls to blackmail them. Dylan Howard's book, Epstein, Dead Men Tell No Tales, proposes the theory that Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein were Israeli spies, which they were and are. It says Ghislaine's late father was introduced, Jeffrey, to the Mossad handlers. Robert Maxwell, who was also a Mossad spy, told them to accept Jeffrey. They believed that he and Ghislaine then lured prominent politicians and celebrities into sleeping with underage girls they provided film to blackmail him. On and on. This is Daily Mail. This isn't Ted Brower saying this. I'm reading you from the Daily Mail. 
Here's another interesting one. Jeffrey Epstein paid for Ghislaine Maxwell's pilot license, and she also, based, by the way, could pilot submarines. Wait a minute. She was a pilot. She was a jet pilot. She was a helicopter pilot. She could pilot submarines. Yeah, apparently so. I guess Mossad trains them well. Jeffrey Epstein paid for Ghislaine Maxwell's pilot license and then brought her a $4 million executive helicopter so she could ferry underage girls to his pedophile island. This, again, is Daily Mail. This isn't some kind of rag that's saying this. This is unbelievable. The pedophile splashed out on a Solskorsky F-76C nicknamed Airs Ghislaine 2 so she could transport a tranchee of girls to Little St. James in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Maxwell's also been accused of acting as Epstein's madam, grooming underage girls for allegedly for alleged sexual abuse. Maxwell would pick up the billionaire's visitors. She's flying the helicopter, by the way, from Cyril E. King Airport on St. Thomas Island and transport them directly to the 70-acre Epstein property. The 57-year-old, she's 57 at that time, received her pilot's license to fly helicopters in 2007, the same year Epstein struck a sweetheart non-prosecution deal with the Florida DA. Yeah, it's out of Palm, Palm Beach County down there, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Sheriff Israel. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Epstein brought Maxwell the helicopter in 2008, and photos obtained exclusively by Daily Mail show the interior of the luxury twin turboshaft helicopter. Epstein later replaced the Sikorsky with a modern Bell 430 chopper. Must have these girls in comfort as they are flown by Maxwell to Pedophile Island. Guys, why won't anybody else talk about this but me? I don't know. You know, there are a few other people, I guess. I, I guess there are a few that talk about it. Rick Wiles talks about it some. Uh, you, know, we, you know, we've got Jeff Rents, who's a good friend, talks about it you know, on a regular basis. But why is it like it's a big secret that nobody will talk about? You can't say that. Well, yeah, we can. If it's been proven, let me explain something to you. It takes a lot of training for people to fly these advanced helicopters. It takes a lot of training for people to fly airplanes. It sure must take a whole lot of training for someone to doggone captain a submarine what the heck who's paying for all this well we find out after epstein was dead didn't we that he wasn't even a billionaire there was a front guy and did he ever ever do a financial transaction with anybody we're still trying to find records of that can't find any of that as far as being a quote-unquote financial investor no he wasn't he was a complete and total cutout front to be used to blackmail people that's all he was for and then basically, I don't believe for one second he's dead. I've told you that a hundred times because Mossad doesn't kill Mossad. Notice just like Maxwell's not dead either. Is she being used as a scapegoat for all of this mess? And by the way, why in the world aren't these other co-defendants that basically raped these children on trial? They've got the girls. They've got the testimony. They've got the literature. They've got the computers. They've got Jeffrey Epstein's black book. They've got the videotapes. They've got everything they've recovered from the scenes. But yet nobody else is being brought into this, are they? I find that all very, very odd. Maybe it's because they were going to use this to control those people that run those videotapes and continue to control them. By the way, we're not going to bring your name into this. Remember that movie, The Untouchables? It was with Sean Connery and Kevin Costner years ago. And they had a jury that basically had been completely tainted by Al Capone. And then finally, the prosecutor realized that the jury had been tainted by Al Capone and asked for a meeting with the judge who was in charge. And they told the judge that his name was in Al Capone's little black book and he had also received 
bribes. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But the point is, the judge then immediately ordered that jury to get up and leave and brought a new jury and they found Al Capone guilty. The point is this. If we don't call out all these people for what they do and just continue to ignore it because we've been trained by the Schofield Reference Bible, you can't say anything about Israel. Wait a minute. What the heck? Remember, John F. Kennedy, one of the reasons that he was killed by the CIA and Mossad he had told Israel they were not getting nuclear weapons. Marilyn Monroe, he'd run his mouth to Marilyn Monroe about what happened at Roswell. Yeah, he'd done that too. And he did Executive Order 11110 to try to get rid of the international banking cartel's coup over the money supply. Yeah, and he wanted to get rid of the CIA that was running and slinging dope out of, dope out of, out of, out of Vietnam. All of those things were part of why he was killed. But the reality is this. Where did you hear about that in the Warren Commission's report? None of it. Why? Because they give you what they want you to hear because they want to continue to make you think that you're hearing the truth. I spoke to a top physician this morning, and I said pretty much everything from mainstream media is obfuscation, and a lot of the alt media is obfuscation because it's been overrun now by pure propaganda outlets that are being paid to Operation Mockingbird. Guys, listen to me. One thing I can guarantee you, and I guarantee you this from the bottom of my heart, the word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus Christ was here. He is here. The Holy Spirit is here. And God loves you, and so does Christ. He wants you to be part of his kingdom. That I can guarantee you. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Awesome. Finish it up, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Absolutely. And that's why we continue to just encourage people the best we can. And there's a lot of topics and a lot of stories. You know, it's, they're not fun to cover. Some of the stuff I want to talk about. I've told you that before. But on the other hand, too, you have to address the big elephant in the room if you're going to get the big elephant out of the room. If you just sit there and turn your back and say, don't, don't pay attention to that big pink elephant in the corner of the room. We're just going to ignore him. Just pretend he's not there. Well, that's what we've done now for years and years and years. We just kind of pretend, oh, it's, don't worry about the communists in the school system. We'll just, we'll just pretend they're not there and maybe they'll go away. Guys, they don't go away. They never have gone away. When every time they get into a country and they infiltrate it, they do the exact same thing every time. This is just history repeating itself. So it's so important we continue to make our voice heard about what we believe. Also, too, I saw it earlier, and it's not funny. It's sad. San Francisco, you guys know, is pretty much collapsing right now. I talked to you guys about the photos the other day of downtown San Francisco, and, I mean, it's, like, boarded up. Like, all the high-end social boarded up now because everybody's losing everything. They're now saying that the looters and pillagers and robbers are now targeting high-end uh, marijuana dispensaries. Oh, apparently, they've hit over 15 different dispensaries now in the last week. They said total of over $5 million in losses the marijuana dispensaries have now claimed. And I guess the looters have decided the Louis Vuitton purses and the Nordstrom goods and all that weren't enough. Now they want to go steal pounds of pot, which, I mean, maybe they'll calm down. I mean, <laughs> maybe there's a silver line to that. Maybe they'll relax and fall asleep and get the munchies and stop looting everything. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> It's a wild idea there, but hopefully. Uh, but again, in all reality, guys, this is going to start escalating. The longer you see these democratic cities go like this, this is going to start turning into basically you're going to start seeing Detroit's everywhere. If you guys remember, Detroit used to be, I mean, was like the place to be back in the day. I mean, it was the, you know, the, the center of America as far as with the production of the vehicles. And you started having the hardcore leftists get in there and starting to basically their policies. And uh, started ruining the entire city, entire area, and uh, slowly but surely, all the wealthy, rich, affluent people that didn't want to be robbed and shot started moving out, and it 
I mean, for a certain point in time, Detroit turned into a basically doggone war zone. There's areas you couldn't even really go to over there without getting shot or carjacked pretty much anywhere. And that's what you're going to start seeing repeat itself in some of these areas. So, again, be vigilant, be prepared, stay frosty, stay training. I highly encourage, if you have the ability to do so, get a vehicle tactic class in, under your belt. Feel what it feels like to basically punch a pistol, you know, as far as rounds through a windshield, shooting inside of a vehicle. It's very loud. It's very violent, but it's something you need to experience so you understand that if you get in a situation, you have to defend yourself. You stay in the vehicle and you basically move how you have to from a tactical standpoint. Again, I'm not giving you legal advice. I'm telling you these things will start occurring, and you never, ever under any circumstances get out of your vehicle unless you absolutely have to deploy out of your vehicle, ditch your vehicle, and grab your kit and get out of your vehicle. But if you're in a situation people start trying to tell you to get out of your car, the first thing you do is punch the gas as hard as you can. They teach you that in numerous classes. Do not sit there. Do not negotiate. Do not unlock your door. Go as fast as you can, especially if you're just sitting there in a red line. There's nobody coming on the road. No reason to sit there and get robbed. So, again, thank you for the support, my friends. Be sure to check out the product of the week. The last day it's on sale, Ultimate Multiple Capsules, one of our top-selling products, one of our best formulas. Everybody loves it. Ultimate Multiple Capsules on sale product of the week, last day, 15% off. And be sure to check out the closing sale on the Magnesium Brain Food. We'll be running that for about another week for 20% off on the Magnesium Brain Food. Super, super important product for the brain, great for the heart, great for the cardiovascular system with the Magnesium LCNA. So, again, thank you for the support, my friends. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. If you need anything, healthmasters.com. We'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.